Thank you, Jeremy. And good morning, morning to all of you here and to Pastor Matt, who's over here. Uh, great, great, great privilege to meet you, Pastor Matt. And not many pastors can preach and handle a musical instrument, and yours can. So you've got a multi-talented pastor. How about giving God a hand clap of appreciation for Pastor Matt. Bless you. To those who are watching online, we're so excited to have you joining us today. I think my wife back in Texas is watching this service. So to my honey, who's back home in Texas, Janina, my wonderful life mate. It is an honor for me to be with you here for this Global Outreach Sunday, this Go Sunday. And I just want to encourage you, if you've never taken this Perspectives class that is coming up beginning in January, to give it strong consideration. Some say it's a missions course. I think it is a, an intense 15-week discipleship training class for any Christian who would like to grow deeper in his or her walk with Jesus. And if you take the plunge, and it is a plunge, it's not like most Bible studies that are kind of lightweight, you know, and you go and enjoy some fellowship and and study a little bit. If you take the plunge with perspectives, you'll study as hard as you have in almost any class you've taken post high school. So get ready for that, but it'll be well worth the investment. 15 weeks of learning more about what God is up to as he advances his agenda to expand his kingdom throughout this world. 15 weeks of learning more about how he wants you to be a part of that. 15 weeks of realizing that those wonderful men and women whose names were on the screen a little bit ago that this church supports are not the only missionaries, but that every one of us who follow Jesus, we are missionaries, the Bible term, we are ambassadors for Christ wherever he sends us. And so I encourage you highly to consider it. It's been my privilege to teach in that movement now for 13 years. And Lord willing, if Jesus delays his coming and creek don't rise and a few other things don't happen, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. Now, Jeremy mentioned that I am from Kansas City. And I was born and raised there. And so that makes me a lifelong Chiefs fan. And... Um, yeah, go Chiefs, keep Chiefs kingdom. <clears throat> I tell people I'm not a Johnny come lately. I live in Texas. I'm surrounded by Cowboys fans. And they, some of them wonder and ask, why is it that you are so crazy about the Chiefs? And I put it to them like this. Decades of disappointment. <laughs> like five decades worth of disappointment has given way to some days of delight and I plan to enjoy every single one of them while I can. So go Chiefs and Pat Mahomes and the crew. All right. Now listen, I want to pray and ask you to pray with me. And we want to jump right in to the message for today. God, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. 
We are grateful for the privilege we have to gather both online and here in person. We thank you for technology. Technology has enabled us to connect in incredible ways these last seven to eight months that we never dreamed we would need to do. We want to thank you for technology and tools that help us get this message out. As we give our attention to your word, we ask you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, will you be pleased to anoint this vessel and speak through me as a mouthpiece so that these who are listening and watching online will hear what you want them to hear and will carefully give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Can I ask you a question? Do, do you remember the day that you embraced Jesus for the first time. For me, it was July 1978. I was in Lawrence, Kansas, where I was matriculating as a soon-to-be freshman in the summer term before my freshman year at the University of Kansas, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. And, and I found myself in a Bible study. And after that Bible study, one of the guys who was leading it asked if he could talk to me. And he took a gospel track called The Four Spiritual Laws. They've now changed the name to The Four Spiritual Principles. But back then it was The Four Spiritual Laws. Law number one, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Law number two, man is sinful and separated. And therefore he cannot experience this abundant life that God has for him Law number three, Jesus Christ is God's provision for man's sinfulness. And law number four, you must individually receive him to experience the abundant life. And Cedric asked me the question, would you like to experience what this is all about? I said, I really do. And I prayed and I asked Jesus to be my savior and embraced him for the first time in my life. Do you remember? When you embraced him. That's been four decades plus now, and over those four decades, there have been many occasions where I have been in need of a recalibration in my relationship with Jesus. Can anybody identify with me? There have been many occasions where I got out of tune with the Jesus that I love, and I needed to be retuned so that I was in step with him. I wonder if you can recognize these objects that are on the screen. One on the left is a tuning fork used in the tuning of pianos. Pianos, because of use, get out of tune and have to be retuned. The one on the right is a calibration weight. Scales, because of use, get out of line and need to be recalibrated so they measure correctly. And I want to suggest to you that as we walk with Jesus, as we relate with him and live for him, we are being used. And because of that, there are times when we need to be recalibrated. 
And I want to say today that I believe Matthew chapter number four is a recalibration passage for you and for me. And so I'd like to read from Matthew chapter four, beginning with verse number 12. And I'll read today from the New Living Translation. Hear these words. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, verse 17 says, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is here. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. Whatever their disease, or whatever their sickness, or if they were demon-possessed, or epileptic, or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from east of the Jordan River. Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 25, serve as a recalibration passage for us. Whenever it's needed, not needed to be recalibrated multiple times, so many times that I've lost count over 40 plus years of following Jesus. And whenever we need that recalibration, we can come back to Matthew chapter 4, a very important passage because it, it identifies, it marks for us Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry. Unlike us who learn new information, hopefully every day, Jesus who needs to learn nothing new because he knows everything, he who has been from the beginning, he knew that he would only be ministering for about three and a half years. And so from the very beginning, with no time to waste, he was very intentional and he shows us what it looks like to embrace him. You say you're embracing Jesus. Then here's what I want you to see from this passage today. To embrace Jesus is first of all to embrace Jesus' intentionality. Jesus was very intentional. Look with me at Matthew chapter number 4 and verse number 16. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. 
And for those who lived in the land where death cast a shadow, a light has shined. What was Jesus intentional to do? First of all, he was intentional to shine light into darkness. You see, Jesus in John chapter 8, verse number 12, he said about himself, he said, I am the light of the world. And in Matthew chapter 5, speaking to his followers, he said, you are the light of the world. So that if we are embracing Jesus, we are embracing his intentionality to shine light into darkness. You say, well, where's the darkness? It's all around us. Look in your neighborhood where you live and you're likely to see some darkness. Go to your place of work and you'll see darkness. Go to school and you'll see darkness around you. Because all around us are men and women who live in darkness because they've not yet seen the light of Jesus. And if we are embracing him, we will embrace his intentionality to make sure light shines in darkness. I get it. I understand When you become a member of God's kingdom family, you become a follower of Jesus. Isn't it wonderful to hang out with other people who are like-minded like you? Isn't it great to hang out with other believers and enjoy the fellowship that we can? Sure it is. And there's nothing wrong with it. But it should be added to that should be our intentional location with those who are still in darkness. Otherwise, it's just light shining on light. And light shining on light doesn't pierce the darkness. But what happens when darkness is invaded by light? If we could dim all the lights in here and make it as dark as we could, cover up the light coming through the stained glass windows. And if we would simply take our cell phone and turn the flashlight on, on the cell phone, wherever darkness is, it would flee. Jesus says, if you're embracing me, you are embracing my intentionality to shine light into darkness. And for that to happen, you must get in close proximity to the darkness. You can't hang out with only those who are light. You've got to be willing to rub some shoulders with those who are still in darkness so that they can see what it's like when somebody whose light shows up. There's something else about Jesus' intentionality that we learn in Matthew chapter number four. Jesus was intentional to reach a multi-ethnic world. I'm reading now from Matthew four and verse number 15. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River in Galilee where so many Gentiles live. See, back in verse number 13, the Bible says that Jesus left Nazareth, which was the place of his upbringing. And he intentionally moved north and east to reposition himself in Capernaum. Why? Yes, 
to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. Verses 15 and 16 are a quotation from Isaiah chapter 9. You've been in a preaching series, the banners say so, through the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2, the Isaiah the prophet prophesied that when the Messiah would come, that he would position himself in the place where so many Gentiles live. Why? Because Jesus from the beginning understood, he knew that this glorious message was not just for Jews but that this glorious message was to be for Jews and Gentiles, a multi-ethnic world. And so it is for you and for me to embrace Jesus is to embrace that God's design, God's desire, God's dream is that every tribe and every tongue and every ethnic group would hear this message have an opportunity to believe and embrace Jesus like we have. If you say you're following him, first of all, Matthew 4 helps to recalibrate us that we must embrace his intentionality. Secondly, the passage also shows us to say that we're embracing Jesus means that we must embrace his message. Watch this, verse number 17, Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says, Then, and I love it, Pastor Matt, that, that he didn't start proclaiming until after he had positioned himself. <laughs> he intentionally positioned himself so that he was around a multi-ethnic world, Jews and Gentiles, and then he began to proclaim. What was his message? He said, repent of your sins and turn to God because the kingdom is here. I went to Dallas Theological Cemetery, I mean seminary, and, and they tried to kill me, but I did survive. And when they, when they taught about this doctrine of eschatology, of future things, they talked about a future messianic kingdom, and there is a dimension to it. But notice carefully that in Matthew 4, 17, Jesus declared that the kingdom is here, it's at hand. Not that it's coming, down the road it is, but it's also here. So what does it mean for you and for me to embrace Jesus and his message of the kingdom? It means that we must understand what Jesus knew about this kingdom. So my suggestion to you is that you ought to spend some time reading through Matthew's gospel. It's a good place for you to go because in Matthew... Matthew was a Jew who wrote to other Jews to present Jesus as the king of the Jews. So we see in Matthew's gospel this defense, if you will, this presentation of Jesus as the king. And so Matthew is why Jesus starts off declaring, repent because the kingdom has come. But it doesn't stop there in Matthew chapter number 6. He says, Jesus declares, he says, now listen, if you want to have no worry about your life, if you want to live free from worry about where you're going to live, what you'll wear, what you will have to eat, he says, seek first my kingdom. Seek my kingdom and I promise you, he says, everything you need will be added to you. 
He later on says, if you're going to pray, I want you to pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. He said, pray for my kingdom to come. In Matthew chapter number 13, Jesus spent a lot of time trying to help his disciples then and now understand this kingdom. So he taught in parables to help us get it, what the essence of the kingdom is. So he said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Ever seen a mustard seed? Really small. He says, but, but like that mustard seed, which starts off very small, it doesn't stay small. And when that mustard seed has been given time to grow, it grows and becomes a large plant that the birds come and nest on it. He says, the kingdom is like that. It might start small. My guess is that 20 years ago, when Rooftop Church began, it wasn't the same amount of people who are here today. It started small. But with God's kingdom, it doesn't stay small. We don't despise small beginnings because we understand that the kingdom, so because it is so potent, it simply needs time and it will grow. You see, the kingdom is like leaven. It's like yeast. Take yeast and put it into a lump of dough that has been prepared and give it time and the yeast will permeate the entire lump of dough and you'll see it rising because the yeast is potent and it is influencing the entire lump. He says, that's the kingdom. He says, the kingdom is like that. If we are intentional to plant this kingdom in any lump in society, whether it's the lump of media, whether it's the lump of athletics, the lump of education, the lump of business, the lump of government, the lump of the military, it doesn't matter what the lump is. If we plant kingdom ambassadors there, give them time, they will influence the whole lump. That's how we reach the world. That's how we reach an un unreached world. We reach it by planting ambassadors as, as leaven, as yeast within those places where there's lots of darkness. John chapter 3, when he encountered Nicodemus, Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom. You say, well, preacher, what this might be a little bit new for me. I get it. 13 years ago, after all of my study and all of my walking with Jesus, I, I, in a fresh way, I encountered the fullness of this message of God's kingdom. Prior to then, I was happy when somebody received Jesus Christ because I shared the gospel of salvation. But now I understand, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, that, that, that salvation is simply your passport into kingdom living. He says you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom. So that I don't celebrate too much. I do celebrate when a person decides to embrace Jesus for the first time. But I understand that that's just the beginning. And there's a lifetime of growth and development and discipleship and nurturing that needs to happen so that he or she comes to understand what it means to live as God's ambassador. Wherever they go, in the classroom, on the job, 
running your business, wherever you go, you're his ambassador and you have been mobilized to be his missionary there. You know, what gets me is Acts chapter number one. And I encourage you, do your own study. Do your own study. Acts chapter number one at the end of his earthly ministry, the first time. He's been crucified. Three days later, he rises. And the Bible says that he spent 40 days. 40 days Jesus spent verifying that he was alive, demonstrating his power by many proofs and many miracles. And for 40 days before he ascended, last time he was seen, he taught them about the kingdom. So that if we say we're embracing Jesus, we must be embracing his message in its fullness. And it is the message of the kingdom. My friends, for those of you who decide to take perspectives, I promise you, you'll learn more about it. (laughs) And in fact, the assignment for me is to come back and to teach on lesson three of the kingdom. I want to suggest for you the reading of one book in addition to the Bible. Start with the Bible, but I want to suggest the reading of one book, and it's by E. Stanley Jones. And I just want to offer you two quotes from that book to whet your appetite. The kingdom of God is God's total order expressed as realm and reign in the individual and in society, and which is to replace the present unworkable world order with God's order in the individual and in society. While the nature of the kingdom is social, the entrance into it is by a personal new birth. The character of that kingdom is seen in the character of Jesus. The kingdom is Christ-likeness universalized. The Christian church, here's another quote, the Christian church, that's rooftop, that's whatever church you name, The Christian church, while it holds within itself the best life of the kingdom, is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom is absolute. The church is relative. Relative to something beyond itself, the kingdom. The kingdom judges and redeems the church. And the church is potent to the degree that it obeys the kingdom and embodies the life and spirit of the kingdom. The church is not the end in itself. The kingdom is the end. Jesus never said, may your church come. But he did say, may thy kingdom come. So I summarize it for you like this. Message of Jesus. You're embracing Jesus. The message of Jesus is the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is entered at the point of salvation, as John 3, 5 teaches, and it continues with the establishment of God's rule, God's reign in the hearts of kingdom citizens. We call them Christian. These Christians then are to live as ambassadors of the king and the kingdom. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 uses this language. Anybody who's been, who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Keep reading. Now, all these things are from God who has reconciled the world to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation to it. We are ambassadors for Christ. God is begging people through us. Be reconciled to God because he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. 
We are his ambassadors in every domain. Wherever you go, wherever you are, you are God's ambassador. When the gospel of the kingdom has been proclaimed as a witness to every nation, then the king will come again. See, in Matthew 24, 14, if I were to ask you, Matthew 28, 18, hey, you know the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. That's why you call this Go Sunday, Global Outreach. Go! What about Matthew 24, 14? Just a few chapters before. Jesus uttered these words. He says, and this gospel of the kingdom is to be proclaimed in the entire world as a witness to every ethnos, every nation. He said, and then the end will come. So I'm simply saying rooftop, for those of us who say we have embraced Jesus, we must embrace his intentionality. We must embrace his message. And then finally, Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19, Jesus says these words. And he said to them, he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. To embrace Jesus is to embrace his intentionality, to embrace his message, and to embrace his call. His call. We read Matthew 4, 19. A lot of times we like to focus on the last part of it. Fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men. Yes, yes, but, but notice carefully what Jesus said. He didn't say you ought to make yourself a fisher of men. <laughs> Jesus said, follow me. Your job is to follow me. He said, and if you follow me, I will promise, make you a fisher of men. See, Jesus' call is, is a call for us to live in close proximity to him. His, his call is, is more than that. It's, it's a call to live in intimate relationship with him. It's a call to grow. It's a call to go deeper with Jesus. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to end up being a preacher, pastor like Pastor Matt, but I will be an ambassador who represents the king that I love. This week I was having lunch with a friend and He's wrestling with what this call looks like for him. And he said, I'd love to go to seminary like you did and spend four years studying at Dallas Seminary. He said, but I don't hear God calling me to do that. He said, what I'm hearing is that I need to go to business school, get a master's and get a PhD in organizational behavior and leadership and that I am to be his ambassador in academia and in business. Do you get it? But he's as committed to Christ as any missionary halfway around the world because this call is a call to be with him, to belong to his family, it's a call to become like him in his character. 
See, growth as a Christian, if it doesn't include growth in Christ's likeness, is missing the mark. But as we grow to be more like Jesus, then certainly we will behave like he behaves. Talk to me long enough, you're going to hear me start talking about my wife and my kids. Why? Because I love them. I love them. Talk to me long enough, you're going to also hear me begin to talk about Jesus. Why? Because I love him. And that love has grown over 40 plus years of walking with him. Of needing to be recalibrated at times when I got out of calibration. Needing to be retooled when I was way out of tune. Needing to be readjusted when I was out of line. And he does it because he loves us. He's not a tyrant who's trying to destroy you and make you live a miserable life. He's the God who loves you. And what he wants is for you to learn to love him. <laughs> the more you love him, the more you want to live for him. The more you become like him, and the more you become like him, you can't but help it. It just oozes out of you. And you want to see those who are still living in darkness here be exposed to and experience the light. So, my question to you is Have you embraced Jesus? Have you? If you have, maybe today is a day for some recalibration. And, 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 and as often as we need it, it's okay. It's okay. We leak spiritual truth. We, we don't weigh accurately all the time. <laughs> so we need some recalibration along the way. It's okay. Keep coming back to Matthew 4. And remembering that to embrace Jesus is to embrace his intentionality. He, he spent time, Luke 15 records that Jesus intentionally was dining with sinners who got upset, religious people. Pharisees criticized him. Jesus wasn't bothered because he's intentional. Light has to shine in darkness and get in close proximity so that a multi-ethnic world can hear. We embrace his message. I invite you to pray with me today as we close. I invite you to pray with me. I invite you to allow the Spirit of God for those who have already embraced Jesus. I invite you in this moment to allow the Spirit of God to tenderly speak. Well, he really already has been as this entire worship experience has been unfolding singing songs about the king and the kingdom. He's, he's been speaking as we've gone through this entire experience of worship, looking into his word to see that to embrace Jesus, to embrace his intentionality. How intentional are you? You might want to say to God, God, would you help me to be more intentional in positioning myself in closer proximity 
to those who are in darkness, not being afraid of them, but having the compassion that Jesus had when he looked upon the multitude and saw them as lost sheep without a shepherd. To embrace your message, Jesus. Maybe you want to say to God, God, would you help me? I had to say it 13 years ago. God, would you please help me to grow in understanding this message of kingdom? After all these years of preaching and leading and academic study, Lord, help me to grow my understanding of what it means to live as a kingdom ambassador. And God, would you help me to keep following you, Jesus? Your call to follow you as close as possible, deepening fellowship and intimacy with you through all of my successes, through all of my failures, continuing to draw closer to your heart. So God, we want to thank you today that we have the privilege of being ambassadors of Jesus Christ, soon coming King. And afresh today, we surrender our all Say, help us, Jesus, to truly embrace you for who you are. We need you. We want to represent you well. Help us to grow in our fellowship. Thank you that you will make us fishers of men. I pray for Rooftop Church of God that Men and women here of all generations would understand that tomorrow morning we are being launched out, commissioned as ambassadors. In addition to those whose names are on the screen, we, we have been launched as ambassadors to go into our Jerusalems, into our Judea, into our Samaria, to the uttermost parts. And we thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name.